Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the well at STSA. It's so good to be with you guys again. Um, I'm excited for this series. Um, just preparing for it helped me to, to learn more about the book of Ezra. Um, we're going to focus on returning home, and we're going to explain that in a minute. But just like any kind of study in, in the Bible, we really need to know a little bit about the background, the history. So I'm going to give you some quick facts and dates and stuff like that. And I want you to kind of jump in with me into this so you understand. Because once we know this little background information, we're going to understand a lot more about the book, okay? I want to take you to 620 B.C. I know it's a, like 620 B.C. 620 B.C., there was a guy named Jeremiah. Jeremiah was out there. He was one of the prophets of God. He was out there saying, preaching and saying, please return back to God before, you know, um, we get in trouble. And he was trying to, to tell them it's time to change, time to return back to God. Time to and Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet because he was crying and he was pleading with the people. Well, it didn't work. So over time, in 612 BC, remember how it works, it's, it goes backwards until like zero, right? So 620 BC, Jeremiah, Jeremiah saying, please come back. In 612 BC, there was an empire called the Babylonian Empire. They rose to power, and by the time 606 BC came, there was a king called Nebuchadnezzar. I'm sure you've heard his name in the book of Daniel before. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he took the first captives from Jerusalem. This is very important because I'm going to tell you about why. He took, the cap he took over, took the people from Jerusalem, and took them to Babylon in 606 B.C. Remember Jeremiah? He was trying to tell them, hey guys, change, repent. No one listened. So 606 B.C., here comes King Nebuchadnezzar taking the people back to Babylon. In the 606 B.C., guess who was the first captive? Daniel was there. The three youth were there. In the second one, they took more people from Jerusalem in the second captivity, this time, Ezekiel. You've heard of Ezekiel, right? They took Ezekiel. Now he's now in Babylon in the second captivity. That was in 597. Now, the final captivity was the third one in 586 BC. King Nebuchadnezzar went one more time. This time he destroyed the temple. That's going to be very important in this book to understand that. In 586, they took the third group back to Babylon. Now there's three groups of Israel, people of Israel, now in Babylon. And Daniel, three youth, Ezekiel, they're all captive. And the third one, they destroyed the temple. That was in 586 B.C. They destroyed the temple. And you think that's not a big deal, but destroying the temple destroyed their church, right? Destroyed their worship, destroyed their, their life with God. So that was a big deal. But now we come to the book of Ezra. How does that fit in this history? Okay? First captivity, second captivity, third captivity... Jerusalem is destroyed, temple is destroyed, now everyone's in Babylon. What happened next is the Babylonians lost power, and now the Persians took over with a king named Cyrus. And that's where Ezra chapter 1 takes place, where King Cyrus of Persia, not Babylon, is now taken over, and we're going to see what he does. Keep in mind, the people of Israel are in captivity for 70 years. So, Took one group, two group, three group. They're in captivity for 70 years. And here comes King Cyrus, also a pagan king. He's not a king of Israel. He's not worshiping the true God. He's a king that doesn't follow God. So now I want you to imagine with me Babylon, 70 years. What are the people doing? 
Remember, the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem. That's where they worship. Now, they're in Babylon. What are they doing? How are things going? The main thing that I want you to know what happened to them is they lost their connection with God. This time of 70 years was kind of away from their life with God, away from the presence of God. Some tried to worship God, but many failed. And to be honest with you, this time of captivity is similar to the time that we're living right now. You're probably wondering how. Well, I want you to think about this for a second. We're here on earth. I'm not trying to be like, like I don't want to imagine things too much or exaggerate things too much. But I really, I really feel our time here in this world is like captivity. It's not our home. Remember the whole story of this series is returning home. And I'm going to explain what that means. But 70 years, you know what the people did in Babylon? They actually, a lot of them built businesses. They settled. They had their own homes. They had their own lifestyle. It wasn't like we think. A lot of them were just comfortable and settled. Does that remind you of anything that we're living now? All of us here were kind of comfortable, settled, you know, doing our life. When they did that, they lost their connection with God. My question is, as we're here, comfortable in this world, and we always say this, we're here in the world, but we're not of the world. Like, we don't want the world to be in us. We don't, wanna, we don't want the lifestyle of what we're living outside to take us away from our God. And that's the whole point of this book, how to return home back with him. Let's say that we are in captivity. Let's say we are lost a little bit. Let's say we are confused a little bit. Let's say we are distanced from God again. How do we get back? That's the whole story of the book of Ezra. But like I said, what you're going to see in this book is amazing and amazing things that you can never expect. For example, King Cyrus. I want us to go in a little bit more and look at King Cyrus. If you can follow me, if you want to follow from your own Bibles, feel free. We're in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Like, that's the easiest thing. I want you to see King Cyrus. Remember, Persians took over, Babylonians no longer. Now it's King Cyrus. Let's read and follow along here. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put in writings, saying... Okay, so King Cyrus is getting ready to say the most important thing of the whole book, right? Let's follow what he says. Verse 2, if you're following along. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth and the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. What is strange here? Who has been commanded to build the house of God again? King Cyrus? Who are you? You don't even belong to the, to the people of Israel. So God is calling King Cyrus to say something here. Let's go to verse 3, just to kind of finish it off. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. King Cyrus stands up, makes a proclamation. People of God, you've been in captivity for 70 years. Time to go back and build a house. Go, time to go back and build a temple again. Amazing. Really amazing. You know, when we read the Bible, we say these verses, no one would ever stop and say, wow, these are amazing verses. How can we see a pagan king say such beautiful things for the people of God? 
He's telling them, go home. Build yourself a temple. But we've been in captivity for seven years. You want us to go home? Yeah, go home. It's your time to go home. What is home? And I want you to get this because the whole series is based on this idea. Home is you and me reconnecting with God again. It's been a long time. Like I said, some of us have been in COVID time of captivity. We can call it COVID captivity. We've been in COVID captivity. Got lazy a little bit, got distant a little bit. Each one of us, when you're sitting here in the church today, I want you to thank God. I want to return home with you. I want to reconnect with you. Yeah, I've been in captivity. You know, captivity can be as simple as not remembering God in my daily life. Captivity can be I'm just part of like what everybody else is doing. I'm captive to the lifestyle of the world. You can say clearly that's us. Here, it's time to go home. Don't you want to go home, guys? Reconnect with God again. How about deepen that relationship, that intimacy we used to have with God, that first love with God. God, we miss you. And you know what God is saying? I miss you too. So when you're in this series, this next few weeks, and you're in life groups, and just remember, we're going to return home. We're going to reconnect with God. And it probably for a lot of us, it's been a long time. It's been a long time that we've gone to a deeper level with him. I like to say it this way. We're returning home to God until we return home to heaven. That makes sense? All of us are going to return home to God, reconnect with him, until we return home forever. That's our focus. It took the people here. Who reminded them of this reconnecting with God and going back home, building their temple? A person who doesn't know God. One time, I remember this very well, and maybe this happened to you because it happened to me many times, but I remember one vivid one. I was working at a consulting company, and, you know, they always give you these big lunches and dinners, and they wine and dine you, and they give you all the food and stuff like that. I'll never forget all those. And <clears throat> one, of, one time I was out to one of these dinners or something, and um, a guy who was from the Hindu religion was sitting with me, and we're eating, we're eating, and halfway through the conversation, he's like, aren't you fasting? Oops. I said, what do you mean? And he's like, aren't you fasting? Why are you eating all this different kinds of food? Uh, this is a true story. And I'll never forget looking at him, looking at me. He's a Hindu guy. And uh, <clears throat> he reminded me, like, I can't be a captive to the, you know, things around me. I got to be who I am. I got to be who God made me to be. You have to be who God made you to be. You're supposed to stand out and be always connected with God. He reminded me, and I just had one of those oops moments. I'm sure you've had many times. And uh, it really kind of woke me up, and I started kind of not doing it just for him, but you know, every time we went out to eat, I would fast and I would change, and I, but it would be in the right manner, of course. Um, just uh, yesterday where I was with Josiah, he has a basketball game every Saturday. So most people there are not from the Christian faith, and the one for sure is not. And, you know, we're all cheering for, for, for the team, and the other parents were there from the same team with Josiah, and they're all there. And one of the other parents who were cheering for the team, before the game started, said, Hey, Father, and he's not Christian. Why don't you pray for the boys? Why don't you pray for them? And I looked at myself and I was like, yeah, why, why, I should pray for them. You know, like, <laughs> like someone who's not Christian is telling me, the priest, and they all know I'm a priest, to, to, to pray. 
Yeah, I should pray. What I'm trying to say is, is this. God will do everything he can to return us home. Everything. He will send anyone. And it doesn't have to be, he's not going to send just a buna or send a bishop. He's going to send anyone and everything to return us back to him. Now, if you're feeling like, hey, it's been a long time since I really came close to God. It's been a long time since I really re- reconnected with God. Well, he's going to do whatever it takes. And some of you know what that means. He's going to do everything he can to return us back home. People of Israel were told to go back home. It was so hard for them. Because you know what? They were turning back to nothing. They didn't have... Where they were in Babylon, they had, in Persia and, and, and all that, they were, they had food, they had a home, they had businesses. They were told to go back to places that had nothing. And sometimes we think that. We misunderstand and we say, why should I return back to God? Why should I put all my life, why, we all love God and we want to, and we want to be dedicated to him, but we really don't want to take that extra step to be uncomfortable and, and to have this lifestyle with God We kind of keep a wall, a barrier between us and him because we're afraid. Why should I return back? Why should I put more time? I want to tell you a few reasons why we should return. On our way back and on our return, I want us to remember this. When I was reading the book, I kept saying, this one really touched me because it's hard to go back. It's hard to live a life with God. Let's be honest. It's hard to be fully, let me say it this way, fully devoted to God, reconnected with him. But I want to say something here along the way, that you're not by yourself. God is ever-present and in control. He wants my return more than anything. He wants my sanctification more than anything. If he can get a foreign king to push me, and, he can, and God can give me a Hindu guy and another non-Christian to tell me, to wake me up, I must realize that no matter what exile or lost I feel or far from God, if you feel far from God, I want you to remember this. God is ever-present and in control. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. The, the goodness of this phrase here is that we're not alone and we don't have to do it alone. And that really encourages me. Again, let me remind you. Look at verse 1. I underlined it this time. What did God do specifically who is in control and ever-present, who sent the people back on their journey back home. Just look at the highlighted, underlined area. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Who made this king to do what he did? Who? The Lord. Yeah, God did. God is going to stir up your heart, the people's heart. He's going to work. You're not alone. God is ever-present and in control. God moved this pagan king. God is going to move us in our journey back home. God was there, and guess what? God is right here. It's not any different. He's ever-present, and he's in control right now. So, back to this COVID captivity. A lot of people told me they became more lazy with their life with God. I understand that completely. You would think you would have more time with God. Somehow he became more lazy, apathetic. Some people even stopped coming to church. After it was time to come back, they couldn't come back. They couldn't get in the rhythm. Some, unfortunately, went into depression. Some, more addiction. 
These are all true, by the way. Some marriages and relationships got worse. Self-esteem went down for a lot of them. Isolated, lonely. And I'm not saying this for everyone. I'm not trying to say that's what you feel. That, I'm not trying to put that in your mind. I'm just trying to say whatever it is, maybe we're due for a, a return home, a revival, a refreshing. I think it's time. Another way to look at it is this. God wants us back desperately. God wants you back desperately. That intimacy he wants back. And even he's saying here, and I love this verse, you know it very well, in Matthew chapter 11, 28, I feel this personally and I want you to take it personally. Come to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of us are burdened beyond imagination. Some of us are stressed out. Some of us are just locked into the daily life and schedules and calendars and busy and this. And we just had a series on that, but at the same time, all God wants to say is, just come to me. I'll take care of you. Come to me. Return home. That's what he wants from each one of us. And you're saying, I'm already home, Abuna. Why are you even giving this talk? If you're home here, you can even be deeper here. So I feel like every one of us knows how intimate we used to be with God and how distant we feel today. And we can say whatever reason that is. But remember, God is saying, come to me. That's a personal message from God. And I feel it loud and clear. Return home. Come to me. God is ever-present in this situation that we're facing in this world. We're not alone. There was a time in Zambia, this story um, really bothered me for so long. There was a youth who was very active in the church. Um, he was a great deacon in the church. And he left to another religion because this religion was pushing everything to win him. And he left our faith and went to an, he went to another faith. And it disturbed me for a long time. I tried talking to him, pleading with him, doing a matanya for him, everything for him. Nothing. We lost him. We lost him. And um, we tried even giving him financial support, get him a job. Didn't work. Everything. And me and the other priest, we, we entered the altar. And we were disturbed by this situation. We started praying. And we meet together and pray a lot. We just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And then one time he showed up. Then he left again for many months. Kept praying and praying. And we kept doing this for a long period of time. And finally came back. And what I want to say is God is in control. He's ever-present. Maybe we can't return to God ourselves on our own. Maybe you can't get somebody else to return back, but I know that God is ever-present and in control. And when he's saying come, he's not just saying come home and that's it. He's going to be busy working in the background to get us there. He's going to be busy in the background. So again, I said Ezra is about returning back home. Three groups went into captivity. Now time to come back. But here's a question for you. Who will respond? Is there a response by you today or is there just something you're going to listen to a sermon and go home and say, okay, that's for somebody else? Honestly, 100% before God, I feel that I can go closer to God. I need to go back home. In the busyness of life and service and things like that, I need to sit down and say, God, I need to come back. You know actually what, what Cyrus said? He said this in verse 3. I don't know if you saw it. 
who is among you of all his people? If you remember the context, he's like saying, who among you from your people are going to go back and build a temple? So Ezra and all the people, and, and, and King Cyrus here is saying, not King Cyrus, God through King Cyrus is saying, who among you today will respond? Who among you is going to go return home? Or are you going to stay where you're at? Look, never be content where you're at with your life with God. Never. Look, be content on everything else in the world, but never be content with drawing near to God. Always be returning. Always be on a journey. Who is among you of all his people? Who will respond? Who will respond? That question is from God to you and to me. Who's going to go back and rebuild their temple, their life again? Who wants to build their first love back with a God? Who wants to take this journey again? Who will? Actually, let's go to verse 5 now. Who responded? Then the heads of the fathers, houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved. Look at that. All whose spirits God had moved. Arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Who went back? Heads of the houses of Israel, Judah and Benjamin, the priests, Levites, but all those spirits God had moved. Question again. Sorry to turn the question to all of you guys. The question again is, are you with this group that's going back to God to rejuvenate your life with God? Is God moving your heart right now? Well, I'll tell you what. I said it's not fair. I didn't give you guys time to pray about it. So now now I'm going to say, one of our prayers we're going to do this week is this prayer. And even right now, God, move my heart right now to desire to return back to you. Because that's what happened. Look, with all whose spirits God had moved, God is moving people's hearts to go back. God is moving people. Not everyone went back, by the way. You're going to find out. They actually went back in three groups. Remember they were taken captivity in three? They actually returned in three. The first one was with Zerubbabel. Second one is with Ezra. We're going to talk about that later. And the third one was with Nehemiah. So three captives and three returns. And now King Cyrus, God's voice, is saying to you, to me, who's going to return? And what I would say is, I want us to say, say this prayer under your, under your, like, inside right now. God, move my heart right now. God, move my heart. Every one of you should be praying that. You're probably thinking, my heart's fine. God, move my heart to want to rebuild my life again with you. And even, even, even more beautiful is verse 6. And those who are around them encourage them with the articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with precious things besides all that was willingly offered. People willingly offered what they could to get people back. The first group was almost about 50,000 people that went back. Okay? 50,000, almost 50,000 people went back. And in verse 6, people were trying to encourage them and strengthen them to go back. Like I said from the beginning, God is ever-present and in control. Which one of us will respond? And before you say, of course, Abuna, I'm going to respond, I would ask God to, to touch your heart, move our hearts, move our heart right now, God, to be tender, to want to go back and desire life with you. And by the way, it's not just saying, by the, it's not just saying the prayer, it's saying the prayer and taking a step. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The rest of chapter 1 is from verse 7 to 11. It's actually really cool what King Cyrus did. You know what King Cyrus did? He returned all the things that were stolen by Nebuchadnezzar, 
all the things that belonged in the temple, all the gold and silver and the belong, he gave it back to the people and said, go back and build your temple. Isn't that amazing? So 7 to 11 is, is like uh, is King Cyrus just giving them everything to go back and build. So that's chapter 1. That's Ezra chapter 1. You just did it with me really quickly. And the main thing here is time to go home. Time to go home. King Cyrus, a person who doesn't know God, is being used by God. That means God is present. God is present. He's doing his part. Now we got to do our part. Everyone's got to do our part. Who will respond to this great, great invitation by God? Now we go to chapter 2. Chapter 2 is always a chapter that we skip in the Bible. Names, right? When we see the book of Numbers, skip. And actually you feel good about it, right? Because you actually get through more of the Bible. I finished chapter 1, chapter 2. I mean, this is good. So we kind of like names because we can, we can get more of the Bible accomplished. But chapter 2 is really, really, really amazing. It's a list of all the people who went back. Isn't that amazing? Is my name there? Is your name there? Right? Whenever we take the scriptures, we take it to modern day. We take it to our, our own personal life. Our name is there, or is it? Are we going to be the ones who respond and say, God, I'm going to have a different kind of life with you from now on. I'm going to really be devoted and give a I'm not going to say I'm busy anymore. That's, that was last series. Now that, that's over with. We're not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to be caught up with, oh, the kids need this, or my spouse needs this, or work is doing that, and this is, come on. We need to graduate from that. We need to return and reconnect with God once again. Is my name there? Definitely. It's my turn. And I say this with confidence for myself, and I want you to say it with confidence with yourself. It is my turn. My name will be there. Let's say it all together. It is my turn. Come on, guys. Let's do a little bit better than that. It is my turn. My name will be Yeah. It'll be there. Ezra chapter 2, after the names, it shows 42,360 people made the decision to go back. They all made the decision to go back. Those, who, those people who went back, in verse 69, one of the most amazing verses, this is chapter 2 now, after all the names, right? We said all the names who went back. Look what it says here. And I underline the key part. According to their ability, they gave to the treasury for the work 61,000 gold drachmas, 5,000 minas of silver, and 100 priestly garments. According to their ability. They went back and they prepared themselves according to their ability. Why is that important? What did I say earlier? God is what? Ever-present and in control. He's in control. He's ever-present. We need to respond to that, but only according to our ability. Does that make sense? According to what you can. Your step, your part. Don't worry what others are doing according to, to their ability and according to your ability. This is the, the synergy God has with us. You know synergy, that word, let me explain it really quickly. It's God working with us. We can't work alone and God can't do it alone to get us back. It's a synergy. God is control, I'm responding. God wants us back, come to me, and then we take a step according to our ability. According to what we can, we go forward with him. 
So let us return home and let us, according to St. Macarius the Great, not slacken our resolve, nor be without hope. For with every breath that we take, our Lord Jesus Christ gives us an opportunity for repentance. Here, the synergy is there between God and us. Let's not be lazy. Let's not, be, let's not lose hope. Let's not say, I tried that reading the Bible. I tried coming closer to God. I tried and didn't really work. Oh, that person tried and he's still, let's not say that. Let's, let's be enthusiastic and hopeful and and God is going to give us every opportunity for repentance. God is doing his part, guys. God is doing his part. <clears throat> An example, book of Revelation, chapter 3. Remember when I said God is knocking on the door? Remember that story? God is standing at the door knocking. What happened next? Who remembers? What is the next part that needs to happen? We open. Did God open the door? No, he's knocking on the door. Again, God is in control. He's going to send... King Cyrus is in our life. He's going to send people <laughs> to wake us up and say, hey, you, you haven't been with me for so long. Come back. I need you. I love you. Come to me. God is going to do that. But I need to open the door. I need to open the door. I need to respond. I need to respond with what I can. Here's the thing. When you respond... Some of you will respond in one step. Some will take three. Doesn't matter. Some will take ten. I've seen it. I've seen people like, don't worry. Don't compare yourself with anyone. Do according to your ability. And the reason I say that is just, <clears throat> it could be so discouraging for you to compare yourself with somebody else. Recently we were at a few weddings and I noticed, I noticed some ladies, and I'm not making fun of ladies, please forgive me, ladies. I'm going to say something about myself in a second after the ladies, so don't be upset with me. But I'm just saying, I noticed some ladies would say, whisper, say, look, she's got a cute dress, that's a pretty dress, that's not good. And then, oh, I, this dress is too old, I need a new one. Let me tell my husband I need a new one. And thing, I mean, these are the conversations I'm listening to, so I'm not, I'm, not trying, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. But I'm just saying, you know, okay, I'll say one about myself. I was looking, you know, when... There's a wedding, the priest wears the hat and the vestments. I was, honestly, I'm going to confess, I was looking at other, oh man, Abuna Anthony's got a nicer one than me. I, don't, I was like, I need a new one. So I, I, so I do it too. Comparison is so easy, you know? So, but what I'm saying is, don't worry about anybody else's step. Don't worry about anybody else's return. To be honest with you, take your next step. Your next step. If it's one, if it's five, just take a step back to God. Whatever it may be. Now I'm going to explain what that means in a second. But just look right in front of you. Do according to your ability. And God, I want to remind you again and again. God is ever-present and in control. He's doing his part. If he can take King Cyrus. By the way, do you know King Cyrus? Isaiah prophesied about King Cyrus specifically 200 years before, saying King Cyrus is going to... <laughs> Help the people go back and build their temple. Imagine how much God was planning this. God is in control, guys, not you and not me. But we got to respond. Come to me. We need to respond to that. We need to respond, but take your next step. What is your next step? We'll talk about that in a second. And just kind of make it clear by St. Theophan, the recluse here. It says, your job is to work upon yourself. 
For this you were chosen. The rest is in the hands of God. That's perfect. That's what I want to say. Of course, always the saints do it better. Your job, our job, is to work upon ourselves. This is why we were chosen. This is why we were called to be Christians, to follow Christ, to be in this church. The rest is in the hands of God. So just take your step. Now, I'm not going to say something like mind-blowing or something you haven't heard before, but I'm going to remind you, your step may be as simple as these things right here to return home. And don't be upset. It could be just, I want to go to confession. I haven't done that in a long time. Let me just start with one step. Maybe that confession, and I've seen this many times, that one confession can spark something amazing of a full return back to God. Maybe it's just daily prayer, and I wanted to say daily in there because maybe it's just a daily prayer commitment. Maybe commitment to daily scripture. Maybe commitment to finally serve him. Some of us have been in the background saying, no, not for me. Maybe offering something. Maybe it's, by the way, joining a life group and being part of a community. I don't know. Maybe it's coming to liturgy every single week and taking Holy Communion. I know it sounds, like I said, this is not mind-blowing or mind-boggling. It's something simple as, I'm coming every week. I'm connected with the church. My point is, whatever it may be, again, take your next step back. By the way, this is where you want to be, I know. And this is where we, we may be sometimes, or even here. Just take a step. Don't worry about where it's going to go. We know the goal is God and returning back to him and reconnecting with him and one day going to heaven, but just take a step. Don't make this harder than it is. But please, take a step. We can't just stand in neutral. So stay with me towards the end. What does the word returning mean? Returning. Returning. Yeah. Turning again. Exactly. What does the word repenting mean? Repenting. Penitence? Again. So returning home is turning again. Repenting is penitence again. What is rebuilding? That's an easy one. Building again. Remember, the, the temple is broken. They're gonna re, we're going to talk about rebuilding our temple. My whole point is the word again and again and again. Returning home is again. We're going to do it again. You say, no, I've done it again before. didn't work. No, we're going to do it again. And we're going to keep taking steps until we reconnect with God. We must reconnect with him. Everything outside is going to pull us away. But this book and this series and this time, we're going to return home. No better feeling than returning home. I remember when I was in Zambia, I used to take mission trips to Congo, Tanzania, Kenya, Nigeria. I would go, and I'd be like two weeks away from the family, and I would come back. I'm telling you, you know when you take a trip away from your family, coming home is the best feeling in the world. Coming home to your wife and your kids or your spouse and your kids, and just coming home, right? If you don't have a wife or kids, get some, okay? <laughs> so the whole point is re there's no better feeling than returning back to God. You missed him. I miss you, God, and he misses you. So remember that. There's no better experience than that. Last but not least, I want to give this final verse, Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Come, and let us return to the Lord. For he is torn, but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he'll bind us up. God's going to use everything to bind us and to build us and to help us to return. God is ever-present and in control. Will you respond today or not? 
Is your name in Ezra chapter 2 in the book of returning? It should be. We're going to make our own book here, and our names are going to be there. But do according to your ability. Do according to your step. Not my step, not somebody else's, your step. When your ability meets God's ability, something miraculous is going to happen. When your ability meets God's ability, something miraculous is going to happen. And this series, something miraculous will happen. We're praying for that. And again, just in case you forgot, this is the prayer we want to say. God, move my heart right now. I want to return to you. I don't want to be away from you. I don't want to, be, I don't want to feel like I'm lonely. And, and I want to feel like I'm with you. I need your strength. Take one step today and return. It's time. Let's stand up for prayer. Name the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we stand before you, King of kings. Lord, you use the kings to return the people back to you. Lord, we're ready. We do feel like COVID did a number on us. We do feel away and distant a bit. We do feel lazy. We're sorry, Lord, for letting these things take over our life. There's no one more important than you. Finding you and searching for you and life with you is the most important thing for each one of us, Lord. We love you. We need you. Come and revive us. Come to our heart today and help us to return, Lord. Forgive us for not doing according to our ability, our steps. We know that you're ever-present and in control and going to do great things. Lord, we know that when our ability and our work meets your ability and your power, there's something great going to happen. Please do something great in the hearts of everyone standing before you and those who are listening to this. Please, Lord, work in us. We do want to return back home. We love you and we honor you. Please forgive us our sins. Revive us. Awaken us, Lord, today. We ask all this in your name, section of St. Mary and St. Mark and all the saints. Lord, hear us, we thankfully say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We love God the Father. Great.